Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Now, I've been talking about the darkness that's in this land. Man, if you cannot see the darkness that's there, all that will just say right now is it's influencing you to that level because there is gross darkness in our country. I heard this person sharing recently, you know, David Wilkerson was a great preacher many years ago and he was prophetic and sometimes he'd have these prophetic dreams and he'd have give these prophetic words. And one thing he said was years ago, he goes, one day there'll be R-rated movies on your TV sets. He saw that. Now, back then, right now you read that and you go, well, that's not like a big word. Back then it was. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because back then people go, that R-rated movie, most of the time it was sexual stuff. It's like, man, don't have anything to do with that. And now it's a part of our culture and Christians even watch that sexually, uh, in what do you call it, infused you know, movies and things like that. And, and they're on TV sets, but my, my point is this person was sharing it and she said, you know, it just dawned on me. I go, well, that's nothing. And then she goes, oh, wow. Look how the darkness has encroached on our society that we don't even see that as a unusual thing anymore. We've got a whole new level of what's unusual. And I can even tell in the last few years what we used to go, what we used to be shocked at. Now is nothing. Now we have new things to be shocked at. You see, there is an encroaching darkness. And I've gone into the details of some of the elements, and I don't want to do that today, but man, it is so thick and dark. It's over minds. People can't even think straight anymore. That's what the devil does. But God brings light and truth. Jesus said, I am truth. Amen? He's in the truth. He's in what's right. He's in what's good. Even in society, if somebody's not born again and they're doing something good, somehow you can say God's in that. There's God in truth. But I want to just say, every lie is of the devil. You know what I'm saying? Darkness is of the devil. And it's everywhere. It is demonic. He is the king of darkness. He's the God of this world. And you see his influence everywhere in our society. And it's increasing. And I would just say this. I mean, we have gotten so used to it. It's growing so fast. Can you not see if something is not done, if God does not help this nation, we will not be a free country very much longer. I hope you can see that. I hope the darkness will come off of your mind. And whatever attitude you might have blinding you or or apathy you've got blinding you, or you just wanting you to make it. I am telling you, this ship will go down if God does not come in and rescue us from this dark darkness that is like a blanket over our country. Amen? Y'all see what I'm saying? But if God comes, and if God will pour out His Spirit on His people, and if His people will pray, and be filled with the power of God again. I believe that there's going to be a move of God that will impact the darkness in this nation. It will break its power. It will break its, its uh, 
mesmerizing influence on this generation, and we will see the kingdom of God increase. And I want to explain again, this is God's plan. This is God's plan, right? What did God do? You know, he, he, Jesus died for our sins. He, he was buried. He rose from the dead. He showed himself to his disciples. And guess what? Men heard the gospel. Well, first of all, these disciples were filled with power. You know, we're going to get into this next week, probably. But Jesus said, don't go from Jerusalem until you've got the power. You got the message. You got the message. Jesus died. Yes, I died for you. I died for the sins of the man. That's the message. But wait. Do not go until you've got this power. You see? And how many of us think that the message will change people without the power? The message has to have the power with it. It's got to be Holy Spirit infused. Holy Spirit impacted. I believe it was Dwight Moody, the great preacher from Chicago. You know, he had just a not much of a ministry. <laughs> and a guy came from his church, was in his young 20s, I think. And man, the guy had a fire he'd never seen before. And just he saw something he'd never seen before. And, and Dwight Moody's like, man, tell me, what, what is that? He said, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Dwight Moody began to pray, God, give me that Holy Spirit. Now, he was already saved, but he's asking for a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I believe he was in New York. He said he was walking on the streets one day, and he said the power of God began to come on him. When he was, I guess he was just walking and sort of praying, and something began to happen. He goes down an alley, got into a little area where he, where he could be alone with God right there. And he says right then and there, in that crazy place, the power of God came upon me. And he says, that's when I was baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said, after that day, I go back and I don't know what happened. But ever since then, I preach. Sometimes I'm preaching the same messages. But all of a sudden, the multitudes, they begin to come to God. And multitudes and multitudes begin to come to his church. And he said, it all happened because of the Holy Spirit outpouring that day that came upon me. And let me just say this. The Holy Spirit outpouring is not for one, it's for many. Amen? Jesus says this, right? It's the promise of the Father. Amen? The promise of the Father. And Peter says this, the promise is for you and everybody else. What we've experienced is for you. The plan of God to change this world has not changed. Men, what do they do? They come, they get saved, and then guess what? This promise of the power of the Holy Spirit is for you. We are to be filled with the power of God because we cannot go out into this world without it. We cannot expect to impact this world with just the message and no power. It's got to be the message, and it's got to be the power of God with it. Amen? Anyway, so in that transaction that happened, man, it's just amazing. When God came down, he, men got saved. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what did they do? They left that place 
They left Jerusalem empowered not only with a message that was in their hearts, but the power of God that was upon them. And they were going to need that power because we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Amen? Sometimes we think that's just our personal struggles. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. I'm in a spiritual battle. Yes, that is true. But it is at a much bigger level than that. Amen? The Bible says there are principalities and powers. There are forces over nations, over cities, over communities. If you go to different parts of this nation, you can even feel those powers. You go to San Francisco, you're going to feel something there that's different about the atmosphere. You see what I'm saying? Those are spiritual forces. Are y'all with me? Anyway, I just am saying there are spiritual forces all over. And these first disciples, man, what did they have? They had a message, and there's power in that message. But it came in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God said, you wait, because you're going to have to confront spiritual forces because it's the spiritual forces that are really your enemies in the world. Amen? We act like we're just trying to convince men. There's a lot more to it than that. There are spiritual forces bringing the blindness. There are spiritual forces that are in the world, all coordinated and working together. There are power forces, power entrenchments from the little armed forces on the ground to the high principalities way up in the air. Amen? Y'all see what I mean? If you don't understand what I'm saying, praise God, just think about it. The world's a spiritual place. It's not just natural. We see the natural, but there's spiritual behind everything. Anyway, these disciples got filled with the Holy Spirit and, and they were willing to lay down their lives. And it was that radical commitment that caused this to happen. So... Um, and if you look at what they did, man, they changed the whole world, the known world to them at that time. That was amazing. That The world was so dark. The world was filled with idolatry and all the kind of junk that you could imagine. All the kind of, there's nothing new going on today that hasn't happened before. It may be new to you. Maybe it hasn't been around very much in the last few hundred years. But I'm telling you, it's been there before. And the world was an extremely dark place that dis the disciples went out into. And even today, the whole world has been changed because of what that first church did. And these men that went out to change the world, they are not to be worshipped. They're not like, oh, they, they're so unusual. You know, the Bible talks in James about something like this. We have a tendency to look at people like, oh, they're so unusual. We can't ever be like them. You remember what James says about Elijah? You remember all the miracles Elijah did? All the signs and wonders Elijah did? And he goes, Elijah prayed, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed, and it rained. And then what does this say? Elijah had a nature just like yours. He's no different than you. The only difference is, might be, that man prayed fervently he connected with god and because of that the power of god came into his world and he saw his prayers answered if that will happen with elijah will it not happen to those of us who are born again 
filled with the Holy Spirit. And the, where the Spirit has been poured out in a dimension that even Elijah could not have experienced. Of course, I'm wondering, does much of the church even have what Elijah had? Do y'all see what I'm saying? And we look at these disciples like there's something great. And yes, they were. They were great in their commitment, but it was simply their willingness and their commitment. God knew their heart. Look how many times Peter messed up. And look at the crucifixion. He denied Christ. Man, he was so down on himself. I'm a nobody. And I think sometimes it is good we wake up and we realize our weaknesses. But then you got to come to the point. Every one of you have to come to this point where you look and you recognize you're weak, but then you go, but God, but God, everybody that's ever been used of God came to this point where they recognized how weak they were, how unable they were to go forward, how unable they were to live as they ought to, to serve God as they ought to. And then they looked to God and, and they put their focus on God and they started trusting God and they quit trusting in themselves. They quit looking to themselves. They pulled their eyes off of themselves, which is a difficult thing to do if you've been looking at your weaknesses too long. And then God made them look to him. Isn't that what God did to Moses, like we were talking about earlier? Moses going, oh, no, God, I can't do that. I can't be, I can't be used. I'm a nobody. What God tell him? I will be with you. I will be with you. I'll do it. I'll encourage you. I'll strengthen you. Amen? Man, I'm just telling you, there's so much power available for the believer if we'd only believe it and if we'd only pursue it. The Bible talks about contending what was for once and for all delivered to the saints contending for that we need to begin to get a vision of what god has purchased for us and the promise that god has promised to us and we need to go say god i'm believing you for this i know it's happening i can sense the power of god coming in a greater dimension can you not nobody said anything but it's happening god's power is coming in a greater dimension than i believe we've all seen but anyway you look at the word of god and you see, history was changed because of those men. If you look at the history of America, there were two amazingly dark times when, when the philosophies of this world had overtaken our nation. I know none of us have lived in those dark times, right? We live in a different dark time. Most of us, well, the older ones of us, we saw a time when there was more of God honored in this nation, at least in some way. But in those times in the past, there were these seasons when, when God was not honored at all. And I believe it was, I forgot whether it was Yale or Harvard. You know, those schools were, were established to honor God, to prepare people to preach the gospel. Can you believe that? And look how things have fallen. They're an example of how things have fallen. But I believe at this time, um, there were like six believers in the whole university, something like that, of one of those two. And so you look at things like that and the influence and the darkness, but then came these awakenings. There was the first great awakening. It changed the, the tra trajectory of our church, of our, of our um, nation in an amazing way, brought it back in alignment with God again. People began to worship God again. The kingdom began to grow again. And then darkness came again. Same thing happened. There was an outpouring of God. And how did this outpouring happen? There were people that were praying there were people that were seeking God. 
There were people and the Holy Spirit began to fall. It fell on them. Charles Finney was one of those preachers. I just read a story the other day how a man who got saved in Charles Finney's meetings ended up going from there and pretty much transforming Hawaii. Hawaii became known as a state that served the Lord. It's really amazing. But anyway, Charles Finney, the Holy Spirit came upon him. He talks about it even, about how it happened. The, the, the spiritual things had not even been restored at that time. They didn't even understand things like that. And he talks about how the Spirit of God just came over him and, and like fire just began to come over him and come over him. And, and he began to experience that. And, and where he would go, man, it was like there was a fire lit. And that began to happen with people and with congregations. And guess what? Preachers began to be saved. And I would say today, there's probably a whole lot of preachers in our nation that aren't even saved they might be preachers of large churches, not even saved. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Many preachers got saved in Charles Finney's ministry in the Great Awakening. Second Great Awakening. And I believe we need a Great Awakening. And if we don't get another Great Awakening, if there's not a great shaking in this nation and a pouring out of God's power, you know what I believe is going to happen. And this church, the church world, needs to quit playing around. Christians need to wake up in this hour. We really need to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to see how bad things are. We need to recognize the encroachment of evil and darkness all around us. And we need to turn back to God and trust Him completely to pour out. You know, I'm in a strange way, personally, I'm not in a place of desperation right now. I'm in a place of knowing God's going to be with us. And I'm more in a place where I'm going, okay, God, here I am, a willing vessel. I'm willing to go wherever you want me to. I've been believing you. I'm trusting you. I believe you fully for the power of God to come on me and on, on this church, on everybody who wants to go forward. And I just want to say to everybody there, I don't care about having a, you know, a church to make everybody feel comfortable. I like everybody to feel comfortable. That's why we turned the air conditioner down this morning. I like everybody to feel good. And we all like that. Nobody likes to have to say things that are uncomfortable for others or believe things that are uncomfortable or that others disagree with. And we don't want to try to be obnoxious about anything. But to walk with God, sometimes we have to make a decision. We're going to go with God. And that's going to require that we not be accepted by the majority that the masses aren't the ones patting us on the back and telling us how great we are. And what that means is there are times and seasons where God wants to purify us. And at that moment, you better be making sure you're wanting to please God and not man. Because if you're wanting to please God or please yourself, you won't go the path God's got for you. When it comes to when that time comes for you, and maybe it's already come, you get into a place where you realize comfort is this way. Being accepted by people is this way. The more difficult path is this way. <laughs> but God's got me going that way. God, I'm just going to do what you say and trust in you. And you know what? The strange thing about it is, that's not the way we want to go. But when we make a decision to do that, we have to die to ourselves to do that. And when we do that, we become free. Because most of us are in bondage to ourselves as much as we are to darkness. 
And you see, when you make a decision, not my will, but thy will, guess what? You got to die. And that's the greatest thing that can happen because you get free from yourself. You know, you're, you are one of your worst problems. You are in your way. And when you deal with yourself, you deal with your issues, you deal with things you don't want to let go of, watch the life that will come back to you. Amen? Jesus said something like that to Peter. The one who dies, the one who holds on to himself, holds on to his life, what's going to happen? He's going to lose. But the one who lets go of himself to follow me, who dies, so to speak, to himself to follow me, to follow me, what happens to that person? He finds his life. Man, that's the craziest thing. It looks like death. Oh, I don't want to go. But you just go, God, out. my heart goes, I'm going to follow you. And then when you do that, there's some kind of something you go through. And when you get through that little barrier, you'll go, there's life on the other side. What was I thinking? Doesn't mean everything's easy, but now you're swimming in the life. Amen. And that's what God's got. But it says this in Ephesians 5, 14. Wake up, sleeper. Rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Have nothing to do with the works of darkness, for, but rather expose them. Shine the light on them. You see what he's saying here? This is talking about influencing culture. With what? With light. And where's that light coming from? It's coming from you. You see what I'm saying? Rise up. Wake up, wake up, wake up to God. Wake up to what's going on. Wake up, and guess what? Christ will shine on you. And then guess what? He says also, let your light shine in the darkness and expose the evil works of darkness. Have nothing to do with them, he says. Rather, expose them. You know, there are two great statements right there. First of all, there's too much of the darkness in people that are supposed to be of the light. Too much of this world, we've gotten so used to junk, whether it's on television, whether it's in culture, it's just like nothing to us. And so many of us are partaking of it. I will tell you this, you'll never be filled with the power and the light as long as you got that stuff working inside of you. You might have come to God, you might have God working in you somewhere, but the Bible says if you're a friend of the world, a friend associated, connected with, friendly with, you, you see, you're an enemy of God. And he's talking about the world system, everything that's all around us. And that should bring something to your mind right now. The world is against you. It's against all those that serve God. Didn't Jesus say, if the world hates me, it's going to hate you too. If you have not recognized this, if there's not a dichotomy, if there's not a separating between you and the world where you recognize, oh, there's something there, and it is definitely contrary to me and where I'm going. It's contrary to God. I will tell you why. It's because you're too much one with it. And God's like, I'm calling you out of that. And, I, I, and I'm saying, wake up. Come out from among them, and I'll be your father. I'll be your God. And separate yourself, he says. And then what he says, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And I believe that's what God's calling his people to do in this hour. Pull out and come to God and say, God, I'm laying down everything that you want me to do. Now, this isn't to say I'm trying to do, live the most radical um, 
you know, self-sacrificing life possible. That's not the point. It's about being radical for God. You realize you got David, radical for God. He went through trials. God raised him up. Amen? Blessed him. That's the testimony for so many. You got somebody like Isaiah, right? He's radical for God. He serves God with all his heart. He gets martyred. You got Solomon. Man, he was born with God giving him a silver spoon in his mouth. Why did God do that? I don't know, but even Solomon ended up not serving the Lord. You see, all of those conditions are different, but each one of us has to serve God in what we are called to do, no matter what that is going to cost us. It's amazing to me, like somebody like Isaiah would never give up. And somebody like Solomon that have everything, just give it all away and start serving other gods and start serving the sex god of, of, of the world, right? And you give in to one area, it messes up everything. And I believe that's exactly what happened to Solomon. You give over to one area, you give one area to the devil, he doesn't just come in, he barges in. Give him, the Bible says give him no place. Don't open the door. You know, and I, if you open the door a little bit, he just comes right in. He just comes right in and he just grows. Because where you allow something there illegitimately, don't think you're going to contain that one area of your life. No, it'll spread and touch every other little part of your life. You have to be so committed to God and anything that God highlights, get rid of it right then. If it's not of God, let go of it right then. Amen? And let God do God's work. But he says, wake up, rise from the dead. Let God shine on you. Don't have anything to do with darkness, but rather expose them, shine the light on them. Jesus has said this somewhere. He says, don't be ashamed of my words in this generation. They need to come out of you confidently and boldly, not in shame. And you definitely don't need to be hiding those words Hiding truth because you don't want to offend somebody. Really, the thing is, you don't want to feel ashamed because of saying something or believing something somebody doesn't believe in. I'm telling you, if you say what the Bible believes today, the world is going to try to make you ashamed of it and cancel you. It's getting worse and worse. But that's the devil. All this cancel culture, I'll tell you, it is the devil's work in this earth. And it's trying to shut your mouth because it doesn't want you to speak. It wants you to be ashamed of speaking. And the church has just thought, you know what? We'll just love on people and they'll come to God. Just tell them the gospel. And what they mean by that is just tell them that Jesus died, rose from the dead. That's all they need to know. No. Paul went way beyond that when he went into a culture. He addressed the spirits in that land. He goes to Ephesus. You remember this story in Ephesus we were in? I was going to get to it today. I'll just jump there maybe for a minute. But you see, Paul goes to Ephesus. And what are they doing? They're worshiping idols in that place. And what does he do? He begins to preach about idols. He says something very commonsensical. Maybe they don't believe the Bible. So he's just going to say something that's absolute observable truth hands that make excuse me idols made with hands how can that be a god that's a tree well that's gold 
You made that with your own hands. And you know what? It says that message stirred up the whole city. How could that message stir up the whole city? Because it was an unpopular message nobody else was willing to say because idolatry was so big. Think about that. Nobody else was saying, what are you doing? Now, today, I mean, who knows what it might be like next year, but today, if you were to walk and see somebody cut a tree and then carve it and start praying to it and asking it to help them, you'd say that's ridiculous, right? Imagine a culture getting so bad, you can't explain to them because of the, the, what you're going to get back by telling them, that's a tree. That's a tree from your backyard. How is that tree going to help you do anything? Do y'all see what I'm saying? That common sense truth wasn't just Jesus is Lord. It was bringing truth that needed to be spoken in addition to saying Jesus is Lord. Jesus died for you. He is hitting strongholds in that city. Do y'all see what I'm saying? And there's so many strongholds of darkness in our land today. All this transgenderism, all this, I mean, all this stuff, the gayness stuff and all, all it does is bringing people into darkness. And you just start talking about it and watch, they're going to try to cancel you. They're going to put you down somewhere if you're talking to too big of a crowd. They're going to get you off whatever tube. They're going to get you off whatever book. Right? Because you're saying something not in alignment with what the spirit of this generation, the evil, perverse spirit of this generation is working. Do you realize, you know, when Peter preached that first message, he said, be saved from this perverse generation. He said, be saved from the influences that are happening right now, right now in our culture. Things, the perversity, the word perverse comes from a word that means being, it's being twisted, being changed. Everything's twisted. Good's now called evil. Evil, what's evil and perverse is now called good and righteous and honorable. Speak against it and you're evil. Look how the devil, can you not see so clearly this is demonic? The only thing that's going to come across this is spirit-filled, empowered people that are parts of spirit-filled, empowered churches that are praying, believing God, that are seeing God pour out His Spirit. And, and it's got to be people that are willing to lay down their lives for a greater cause. You know, and I want to just tell every one of you today, one of the problems with this American church, I believe in prosperity. I believe God wants to bless us. But prosperity in itself is not prosperity. So you're going to die with a lot more money. So what? So you're going to die with a better car. So what? More money? Okay, that's okay. A better car? That's good, okay? But is that all you're going to do? Would you not rather live for a cause? There's something on the inside of every single one of us. Deep down, if you'll find it, there's something on the inside of us that wants to live for a cause, a purpose, something bigger for it than ourselves. You want to do something that's more important than just you. You know that your life is temporal. There's something on the inside of every one of us that says, I want to do something that's part of something bigger than me. I want to live for a cause. And I'm willing, if necessary, to die for that cause. I love that quote Martin Luther King gave. 
I probably can't quote it right, that he says something like this. If you hadn't discovered something that you're willing to die for, you're not fit to live. And what he's saying is life is not about just enjoying, having fun. It's about a cause. It's a purpose that's on the inside of us to live for something. And I want to encourage every one of you, whatever it's going to take, I want to encourage you to pull out of this world junk, out of this darkness. It's influenced the church. It's influenced people. And and I'll tell you what I believe has happened. God has allowed many of the season of the years before. They've known things. And with this, they've known the things of God is what I mean. They've known the power of God. They've seen the power of God. And it's like that's gone underground. And, but guess what's happened? Things have started to have been clean, cleaned out. And God's, and I want to talk about this in the weeks to come too. There's a new wineskin for a new thing that God's going to do. And as the wineskin is lined up and made in what God wants it to be, the power of God is going to be poured into it. But anyway, there have been those that have been being reformed and refashioned. Some have fallen away from their steadfastness. Some are not serving God like they used to. Man, that's a sad thing. But others, their roots have gone down deep. And in their prayer closet, in their time with God, they're increasing. They're increasing. Things are greater. Things are stronger. And I will tell you, those that have been praying in secret, those that have honored God in secret, what does God say He's going to do? Do what? Reward them openly. Now, that's not like, I don't see that like, oh, now I get a crown to show in front of people. You know what? When God rewards us, it's bringing us into a greater honorable place of being of serving God. Do y'all know that? The greatest honor, the greatest reward is that for God to have chosen us, to have used us in a special way, to be able to bring fruit unto God. Man, when I spend before the Lord, I hope I can present a lot of fruit unto God in that day for what my life has presented because we're all going to stand before God, amen? And I want Him to be able to say to me, well done, Man, I just imagine, just think about this. You're going to stand before God that day. And I don't know if he's going to say, well done to me. I hope he does. I hope he does. And I I believe he will because I try to stay connected with the Lord and obey him and by his grace. Amen. By his grace, I believe I'll finish my course. You see, but we are all going to stand before him that day. And I believe when he says, when he looks at us, if he says, well done, I believe at that moment, what he's conveying is his memories about everything where we've chosen him, where we did right, where it was hard, but we prayed. We served others. We loved others. We chose love over hatred. We, we chose to do right. We chose to honor him. I believe when he says, well done, that's going to be communicated and that picture was going to come to your mind and you're going to remember those things you thought were insignificant and painful, when you made those little choices, you're going to see how important they were to God. And I believe for eternity, this is just my belief, I believe for eternity, you're going to remember what Jesus told you that day. 
when he said, well done, and all those things. And you're going to be so thankful for every time you chose God over yourself. You're going to be in eternity going, I'm so glad I chose God over me. I am so glad I chose the difficult path when I had to. I'm so glad by the grace of God, somebody preached to me. I'm so glad I stood up for what was right and was willing to endure persecution because that reward, you know, there's a reward in heaven. I don't know what all they are, but I believe one of the greatest ones is the quality of well done good and faithful servant and what comes out of that to you, that that memory that you always carry with you. It's just powerful, isn't it? You know, you you ever think about bringing fruit unto God? The Bible talks, Jesus says, pray. Why pray? So you'll be fruitful and bring glory to God. We want all fruitful. Most of the time, though, we think, oh, it's fruitful for us. It's fruitful, like a pastor could say, oh, it's fruitful so that I can have a big church. Wait a minute. It's fruit unto God. Do you know what I mean? If I do something, I'm rewarded back, but it's unto the Lord. And it's something to present to Him in that day. Oh man, just let me just tell you guys, you need to connect with eternity. Please open up your mind. Begin to ask God, help me, Lord, to connect with eternity and to disconnect with the mesmerizing influences of this world the world that deceives the lies. The Bible says that the devil goes out to deceive the whole world. State leaders all around the world are influenced by him. He's done a coordinated effort. You understand what I mean? Cultures are influenced. But those that know their God in this hour are going to rise up and there's going to be power you're going to see power in the house of God again. You know, in that first Pentecost, you know why people were there watching these people speak in tongues? There were thousands watching, right? They didn't just come because they're speaking in tongues. There's a noise that brought them all over there. It was the sound of the Holy Spirit. It's just amazing to me. The sound of the Holy Spirit came. It was that noisy. And people came to watch. And then they saw that what was going on. Like, what is this? Man, may the church burn so strong. May we quit being ashamed of the Word of God. May we quit being ashamed of what the Word says. May we quit being ashamed of the Holy Spirit. You know, they tried to make fun of the Holy Spirit that day. Oh, look at them speaking like that. Oh, they're crazy. Oh, they're drunk. You know, people still make fun of the Holy Spirit. But I'll just tell you, you better not be doing that. There was a man, he's a Presbyterian man. His last name's Kendall. I think his initials, he goes, R.T. Kendall, I believe is his name. He's a, he was a minister of, of a very prominent Presbyterian church um, in Europe. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then all the things of the Holy Spirit began to operate in his life. And he, he began to go around preaching. And he said, let me just tell you something. There's a stigma to the Holy Spirit. For some reason, uh, the world doesn't want you to have it. And when you have it, there's an element of it where you're going to have to be willing to be humble to have it. You have to humble yourself to have the fullness of God. Amen. Yeah. And that makes sense, doesn't it? 
But anyway, I just let me just finish right here. We're going somewhere. I hope you've been connecting with me over the last few weeks because we're going somewhere. And God's pulling a lot of you in. And um, I just want to just tell you right now, God's bringing everybody somewhere. Uh, Zoom is not the end result of where we're going. Um, God's going to go so much further than that. He's going to do so much more. He's going to use every single one of you that are willing. He's For all of you that are willing, He's going to bring you from where you are to the next step. All you have to do is be willing. Just be willing. You might go, God, I don't know how I'm going to go to that next step. God, is too much. God, is, you're asking to. All you've got to do is be willing and just say, God, this is where I am. I messed up. Lord, please help me. And God will help you. You watch. It's amazing. I am telling you, if you cry out to God from the sincerity of your heart, you can even say, God, I'm having trouble yielding to you. I, I, I'm having trouble believing. You pray and ask God from the depths of your heart in whatever struggle you're in, whatever you need deliverance from, whatever sin that's binding you, bring it before God. Be honest and ask Him for His help from the depths of your heart. I am telling you that's all you've got to do and God's going to come through for you and deliver you. Amen? And God's going to strengthen you. Well, I'm telling you, it's time for the church to rise up. I hope you're getting a vision. You know, it's not just about learning the Word of God to apply it to your life. That's a huge part of it. But it's about walking with Him, going to that next stage of where He's pulling you. God hadn't just called you to Zoom. You're go we're going a lot further than this, right? It's, uh, you know, watch what God does from here. He's going to bring you into some great things. And I just, man, I got so many things, um, but God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Amen. Where you are right now, I just want you to close your eyes, put your mind on God, and just be real with Him and where you are right now. Where are you with God? What do you want from God? Do you want a breakthrough? Uh, hopefully you're not at the place where you're, you're like God and saying, God, I, I don't want to serve you. I've seen people at that point where they've said that. I don't want to serve God. I'm not going to serve God. I believe in Him, but I'm not going to serve Him. I just hope you're not there. Maybe you're at the place where you're going, God, I want to serve you, but I know my will isn't surrendered to you. I know I haven't given over to you. I know what's right, but deep down in my heart, I do other things that aren't right. I think things that aren't right. My lifestyle in certain ways isn't right. My priorities really aren't right. God, I don't know how to change. I, wanted, I don't want to be like this. And if that's you today, I just want to ask you, you just, what, what I just said, you just say it to God. Say it right now to God. Start, start telling Him. Even as I'm talking, you can just ignore me till you finish. God, help me. God, help me. Lord, you see the darkness in my heart. You see my compromise. You see how I do things I ought not to do. My thought life, God, I yield to things I ought not to yield to. Oh, God, I give over to things. I have attitudes toward people I ought not to have. God, and I keep doing it. Lord, I've not even really been trying so hard to get out of it. But Lord, I see it's wrong now. It's, it's contrary to you and you're putting a light on it. And God, I want to get free from it. All you got to do is tell that to God. Confess it before God. Confess your faults before God. And he'll cleanse you and he'll heal you. There may be others of you that have been serving God, but somehow you got cold along the way. What's happened with COVID and beyond has caused you to slide away from God. 
Maybe you still believe. Maybe you still feel like you're serving Him. But the fire's not there. You're not in fellowship anymore. You're not connected like you were. And God's calling you back. He's calling you back to the fire. He's calling you back to the fellowship. And you just need to deal with that right there and let God talk to you right now. In fact, wherever you are, I just want to tell you, this is the hour God's calling you forward. I just know that wherever you are, I'm, you might be, have been serving the Lord 50 years. He's calling you out where you are, from where you are to a new place. And those of you that have been serving God, you've been praying, you've been believing God. I even ask you this morning, what's God calling you to now? What's God bringing you to now? What are you having to let go of now? What's your next step? God's calling you to. Everybody, he's saying, I'm calling you to go forward. If God's God, serve him and do it right. If he's not, and you're not going to serve God, just don't serve God. But if you're going to serve him, serve him the way you ought to. You'll be so happy, not only in this life, but in the life to come. God, so we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this hour we're living in. We thank you for the power that's available to us so that we would live right, so that we could let go of whatever is bringing us down, so that we can be honest before you, Lord, and receive power, Lord, to live right, to follow you, Lord, to, to please you in our lives. God, do not be selfish and live for ourselves anymore, but for the one that died for us. God, so we thank you for that, and we thank you, Lord, that you're going to empower us so that we can live our lives now for a cause, to bring light into this world, to lay down our lives to see the light of God show forth in this world, to see this nation change, to see the world change, to see our city changed, to see our workers at work change. Father, here we are. Lord, only you can change us to make us vessels worthy to carry that light, worthy to carry that power. God, worthy vessels you'd pour yourself into. But God, here we are. Lord, we so desire that you use us in a mighty way. Fill us with your power. God, let the light shine on us. And Lord, let the light and the power of God shine through us and break strongholds of demonic influence everywhere we go. Lord, let the light shine in the darkness wherever we go. God, we're asking you this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we're ready for a turn. We're ready for the next move. We don't know what's going to happen in the earth, but God, we know you're going to take care of everyone that's put their trust in you. So Lord, here we are. We give our lives to you now. We thank you for leading us and directing us into the next things you got for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.